Good morning there, church family. It's good to be with you for our sermon recap that we try to do each and every week. This week we had Pastor Dave preaching. It could be good afternoon when they're listening to this, though. You said good morning. It's good morning for me. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't change my reality when they listen to it. Well, okay, go ahead. Well, you want to take over? No, no. I mean... <laughs> good day. Good day. Maybe we should start like that. Yeah, good day, mate. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, Tim. I just, say, I was just pointing out the fact that people might not be listening to this in the morning. It's a good chance people don't listen to it at all. <laughs> I cannot believe that. I cannot believe that. Oh, boy. Especially now. Uh, but anyways, Pastor Dave preached this week. It was Mission Sunday, uh, where we focus on. Uh, missions, we always budget our, when we do our budget, we don't do it off of 52 weeks. We do it off of 51 week, knowing that the first Sunday of the year goes, all the giving goes towards mission and our mission partners and the special missions offerings that happen within the Southern Baptist Convention throughout the year. Uh, and so that was this past week. We highlighted some missionaries, did a, a lot of work with that. Uh, Pastor Dave led a lot of that. And I know the mission team had some say in that also, and it went well. They did a, they did a good job with it. Uh, and then Pastor Dave preached, and so he's going to kind of take over and walk us through his sermon, and we'll have some time to discuss it. So, Dave, you want to go yeah. ahead? So, uh, yeah, it was. I think it was a good service. Um, one of one of my goals was, and one of my goals here uh, in this role as missions pastor is to is to bring awareness to bring an awareness to our church as far as what we're doing for missions, and and not just from um you know international standpoint but also our local partnerships and so we did have all of our missionary partners except for one uh was able to get me a video they just took it from their iphone or whatever and uh i wanted to highlight their i know i I basically said try to keep it in two minutes most people did and uh to kind of share you know what their context is um, you know, kind of a little bit about their ministry. So that was neat. I had a lot of good feedback. People were like, yeah, it was really good to see, you know, see this. In fact, one person or maybe a few people asked, we should do that more. Like when we do missionary spotlight, we could do like a video if someone says, Hey, you know, um, you know, pray for us over here, you know, in this region, because we're going through a famine, like pastor Peter is, has mentioned before with, with Kenya. So that's, I thought that was a good idea. So, uh, yeah, so that, I think that went well. What I did was I chose, um, Romans 15, the end of that. And my sermon was, is entitled be refreshed. Why missions matters. And my goal was to give a kind of, um, frame, if you will, a kind of missional type of passage where, where Paul really is kind of sharing with the the churches there about how to be involved with missions. And my whole kind of goal was to look from a a biblical standpoint of why missions does in fact matter. And so I gave three main, three main points. Well, I started off with a story. Uh, I like to do that when I preach. Um, Part of it is, you know, I'm still new here. And so people are getting to know me and still sharing kind of my experiences with missions. So I shared a story about working in the inner city of Chicago and kind of how what my main theme is that missions missions gets us out of ourselves you know when we when we're involved in doing missional activity whether it's like you know a service project or an evangelist 
evangelism outreach or opportunity or on a trip or even financially supporting missions, it helps us get out of ourselves and brings us into the larger story of of God's kingdom. So um, I'll pause right there. Um, you know, I know you were there, Scott, as far as listening to that. What, what is your... You know, like that, as I shared that kind of thesis, have you found that's true for, you know, you, you've been involved with missions too, that it helps us kind of, it looks at, helps us get out of ourselves and helps us think more kingdom oriented, if you will. So what do you you think about that? Well, sure. I mean, along those lines, I mean, I've definitely had, I mean, experiences, whether it be like on a mission trip or um, just locally trying to be involved in some kind of ministry happening around where I'm at, it definitely opens your eyes to see uh, a different perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was something that was really helpful about your story that you did share about yourself and your own experience going to that person's home mm-hmm. or where they were staying at the time. And uh, I mean, that that's true. And a lot of people need to see that. Um, you mentioned during uh, the service yesterday that there's several uh, young people going on the trip. And that's, mm-hmm. I think that's awesome because that's something that they especially need to see mm-hmm. is a different perspective of the world um, and see different situations that people live in, but also uh, not just to see different experiences and, and, and learn new things, but also just being able to think about someone other than themselves, mm-hmm. which is, I think, exactly what you were trying to talk about, is mm-hmm. thinking about other people, yeah, yeah. Um, not just about you, uh, your comfortable life, and what you're doing, mm-hmm. but um, to have, I guess, I, you might even say more of a kingdom mindset mm-hmm. of, yeah, exactly. this isn't just about me here at this church, there's a lot more going on throughout the world mm-hmm. um, to be a part of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I thought it was neat when you were you um, when you read your, the passage um, in Psalms, and then even in your prayer, you know how how you talked about how you know that God is bigger than our local context. You know, even our local church. You know, our our country, our our continent. He's he's the Lord of heaven and earth, and that that thought was neat because it tied into you know, the overall theme of, of what I wanted to accomplish in getting people to think about missions. So, yeah, I gave three main ideas, um, all starting with the letter C, context, kind of the backdrop of Paul's missions endeavor, uh, contribution and connection. So we looked at Romans 15, and what's interesting about Romans 15 verses 22 through 33 is it's very personal, it's a very personal a narrative. Paul uses the personal pronoun I nine times, and he is very much, um, you know, sharing his heart as a missionary himself and for the church to be involved with missions. And so the first, the first um, point that I made context is I wanted to give people a sense of the text to get a feel for the text. You know, we looked at how Paul was was wanting and longing. In fact, he uses that word, I've longed for, verse 23, I've longed for many years to come to you. So he's writing from Greece to the Roman churches, Roman Christians, and he had evidently wanted to come to Rome uh, before. It says that he was hindered from coming. And that word hindered there means literally his his uh, path or his, his uh, course was prevented or stopped. And so we don't know exactly... Uh, what that means as far as like how he was trying to get to Rome before, but evidently he was unable to. And so he expresses his longing. And then 
He also shares his goal of wanting to pass through Rome. And then he kind of talks about that a little bit later um, before he goes to Spain. So um, I wanted people to kind of think about Paul as far as his goal. You know, he had a, he had a plan, <laughs> you know. He, had a, he wanted to go to the furthest southern region of the Roman Empire, to Spain, um, he never did get there. In fact, most of what I read scholars, some scholars think that he might have gotten to Spain. Have you heard that, Spencer, maybe? Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, it sounds like he may have, but we are, we just don't know. We just don't know. Yeah. Exactly. After his release, especially yeah. from Rome, the first imprisonment, there's a chance he, he could have. Yeah. There is a chance he could have, but uh, the majority of scholars that, that I read at least says that they, it's, it's. It's uncertain, and so obviously we're we're guessing, we're speculating, but most likely he didn't. So I tend to think that way as well. Um, but who knows? Uh, but he uh, he had a goal, and that goal was to get to Rome, enjoy some respite. It seems he says, "I I want to once I enjoy your company for a while." So it seems like he. And he, he really, obviously Romans 16, if you see that, you know, look at the, the greeting section, it's the longest greeting section out of, out of all of his letters. So he had quite a few friends there and um, companions as far as fellow laborers. And so he was going to enjoy some time there and then head to Rome. But we know that that didn't quite happen, <laughs> right? He got to Rome, but not the way I think he intended, obviously. And my application for that is oftentimes you know, we, we have a plan or we have a goal, but it doesn't work out the way we think, right? Um, and that's one of the one of the things I've learned in being involved with missions and one of the things we've, we, you know, being on teams and leading teams is we talk about the importance of being flexible. You know, when you're on a, t- you're on a short, uh, short-term mission trip or you're on involved with missions, I think flexibility is very important because things can change. Have you guys had... Um, experiences with that as far as just having to kind of be flexible and kind of like, okay, the plan's not working out, but we're going to just have to <laughs> figure it out, you know? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, a couple of years ago, took a, uh, a youth, uh, spring break mission trip to, mm-hmm. uh, uh, St. Joseph, uh, to serve with, uh, one of our partners there. And, the plans changed. We walked into the YMCA to take showers and we realized that it was just a community shower. And so plans changed yeah. <laughs> really yeah. fast in everybody's mind right there. And so everybody uh-huh. changed their mind and went somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> to take a shower. But I mean, that's, that, that seems like a silly example, but that really yeah. is an example. That's something that happens mm-hmm. is, uh, it might not be where you're taking a shower. It might be where you're sleeping, mm-hmm. might be where you're going, mm-hmm. might be, you know, you were told one thing, before your trip of what you were going to be doing and when you were going to be doing it. Mm-hmm. And you get there and all of a sudden that's actually not what you're doing anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think that's why it's helpful to remember you're not doing this for you. Yeah, exactly. Um, any kind of mission, whether it's you're going on a trip or you're involved in some kind of ministry mm-hmm. in the church, mm-hmm. because that's in a way missions as well. Yep. You're um, working, depending on who you're working with. Mm-hmm. It, you're not doing it for you. Mm-hmm. It's not for you, some kind of fulfillment mm-hmm. for yourself or yeah. check mark or, you know, to post something on social media that mm-hmm. you've done. It's you're doing it, first of all, to serve the Lord, mm-hmm. um, but you're doing it also to serve the people you're going to. And so mm-hmm. be flexible, not for your sake, but for their sake. Yeah, exactly. It's good. 
And then I mentioned even as a larger principle of just in, in, in life, you know, we often have a, a plan and nothing wrong with having a plan. It's good. We have, you know, having goals, objectives and so forth, but oftentimes life doesn't work out the way we plant, right? There, the Lord is, is the sovereignty of God is, 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 is working. And so he's working behind the scenes. He's working over here and doing that. And we don't often see what the final outcome is or even the outcome at all. And we just had, that's, that's a way of God kind of growing us up, if you will, in a sanctification process of, of, of helping us trust in him, you know, Proverbs nineteen twenty one. I, I memorized this first years ago. I think it was in the NIV. I think it's NIV. Um, I'm not sure the, what the ESV says, but basically many are the plans of a man's heart, but the Lord's it's the Lord's purposes that prevail. And I think that probably, you know, Paul had to, as a missionary, as a, as an apostle, as a servant of Christ, he had to constantly probably kind of weigh that. Like, you know, he had these goals, he had these longings, and yet he faced persecution, he faced hindrances, things didn't work out the way he had thought. And so that was kind of the application for that. Secondly, I talked about the contribution, and and really I, I emphasize how the church should be and can be involved with missions. From a contribution standpoint, of course, Mission Sunday, all the proceeds do go to missions. And I think that's a wonderful thing that our church does. And so we looked at, uh, if you look further in the text in verse 25, he says, At present, however, I'm going to to Jerusalem bringing aid to the saints. For Macedonia and Achaia have been or Achaia have been pleased to make some contribution for the poor among the saints at Jerusalem, and so Paul is very. I think he's very strategic here because he was looking to to con- constantly or continually build bridges between the Jewish Christians and the Gentile Christians because. As you guys know, we all know that there was lots of contention <laughs> between the two. And I think specifically for the Jewish Christians, there is still, it was still very raw, very new as far as Gentiles coming into the church, getting saved, getting baptized, becoming part of the ecclesia, the assembly of God. And that was difficult for Jewish people. And so Paul then starts this funding campaign, if you will, with these churches in Northern Greece and Western Greece to basically take up a collection for the poor saints, the believers in Jerusalem. Uh, what, what do you guys, what do you guys think about that? Or what do you th- think Paul is trying to accomplish or what does he hope to accomplish? I, sh- I should say from this. I mean, we talked about this uh, when we looked at worship with giving yeah. mm-hmm. uh, because this is the, offering that Paul was talking to the Corinthian church about, about giving to saying, you said you were going to do this. Remember to Mm -hmm. do this uh, and to minister there. Yeah. And so you, one of the things I find interesting is Paul is never asking in any of this for them to go with him, Mm -hmm. for them to go and start a church or for them to go and do some sort of mission. What he's asking these people to do is he says, pray for me because, and I think we need to remember this as we, Paul had been given a very special specific task yeah. that's not given, I would say, to all of us. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we like to do that mm-hmm. and put that on ourselves. It's like, oh, I'm, I'm like Paul. No, you're not. Yeah. He was an apostle. He was given a very specific yeah. task. Absolutely. Um, but what Paul is saying is the way that you can join me in this is pray for me, mm-hmm. but then also uh, and he's not even asking for support of himself. He's saying this church needs support yeah. in Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of people and there's needs that need to be met. And would you guys be willing to help meet those needs? Mm-hmm. And these churches, uh, 
said that they would, even in the midst of their own poverty, in the midst of their own hurting. Mm -hmm. And it was a way uh, to teach again about the universal church, like you were talking before. Mm -hmm. We're not just this local congregation that's all alone on an island. Mm -hmm. And that's probably what's the biggest thing for me on Mission Sunday is reminding me of that. Mm -hmm. You know, is uh, I'm part of a bigger picture in God's story uh, with a lot of different people, Mm -hmm. Uh, people that I'll never talk to and wouldn't understand if they did talk to me, Mm -hmm. Uh, but they love the Lord just like I do. um, And they worship him. Mm -hmm. And one of the positions I think that, I think we said this in the giving one, but uh, one of the positions I think the American churches are in is we are the ones who should be supporting financially mm-hmm. a lot of these other churches mm-hmm. who just can't yeah we don't need to go over there and teach them how to do stuff mm-hmm. we don't nec- you know we don't need to go and build things necessarily even though i, I don't see anything necessarily there, there can be wrong things with that i guess but mm-hmm. uh, it can be done well yeah um what our brothers and sisters need is uh support yeah finances and mm-hmm. and resources and mm-hmm. we're in a position where we're able to do that mm-hmm. as a church but also as individual families in the church, mm-hmm. you know, we have people who have the means to be able to give some mm-hmm. money, uh, to help, yeah. to help out. And I really see that as our, as our role mm-hmm. of what we, of yeah. what we need to do. Um, and so that's what I think is coming out of this with, with Paul, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, you guys don't need to go help. They're not mm-hmm. seeking that. Do you have some money that I can take mm-hmm. so that the people there can help meet the needs that mm-hmm. are there? Cause that's their job. Mm-hmm. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. And I think that too, it's, it's a way for, for Paul to basically say, listen, we're brothers and sisters in Christ, and these are our Jewish brothers and sisters in Christ who are suffering, and we have the opportunity to build a bridge here. And I think Paul was very strategic in that. Um, and I like how he says, you know, for, for they were pleased, he used it twice, that word, you know, for they were pleased to do this. And indeed, they owe it to them. That word owe means to, they're indebted. And it, it's similar to Romans um, thirteen eight, where where Paul says, "Owe no man anything except the debt of love, which fulfills the law." So I think this is kind of an application of that. You know, as he taught that earlier in his letter, you know that we are we are not in debt to sin. We are not. Um, we are free in Christ. You know, there's not there's neither slave nor you know Greek nor no nor male nor female, but we're all you know in Christ for we're free. However, we are in debt to love one another. And I think, just like you said, Pastor Tim, this is a this is the way the church, the local church, can be a part of a larger story and say, "Listen, we can contribute to these people, to these Christians who are suffering." And so, and then he says, "You know, for the Gentiles have come to share in there." The there refers to the Jewish Christians in Jerusalem to their spiritual blessings. They ought also to be of service to them in material blessings and just things I read and. and you know, scholars I read basically was like, you know, this was Paul's way of saying, listen, they're the first fruits, you know, God chose Israel. The, these Jewish people have come into the kingdom of God through Christ, just like you have, but they're the, the first. It started in Jerusalem. And so you not only are indebted to them, but you are also in service to them because you've been grafted in, you know, into the vine, you know, Jesus being the vine, obviously Israel was called to be the vine, but they failed in that. And so I think that's kind of neat how Paul, and I don't think he's saying it in a, in a, to make him feel guilty. You know, I think he was just like, Hey, listen, we're, you know, we're in this together. I'm Jewish, you know, they're, they're the first fruits. So let's, yeah, I think a good parallel maybe mm -hmm. would be, uh, how people today will take all of church history and wipe it out. Mm. 
and we don't need that. We're yeah, something better today. And it's like, no, we, yeah. we stand on the shoulders of these guys, yeah. right? Who stand on the ones before them. And Paul's kind of saying that yeah. here, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. you know, God has chosen Israel. He chose them. He gave them the law. He, he gave them the covenants, yeah. right? And then even within Israel came Christ and Paul of all, you know, would know this and have a special place in his heart for, mm-hmm. for Israel. Yep. I mean, he even talks about that. Uh, in Romans earlier Mm -hmm. about the love that he has for them, that he wants them to to know the Lord, right. Mm -hmm. And to trust in him. Uh, But we kind of do that today. I think when Mm -hmm. we, when we look back, you can even think of it more in a local context. Like you could look back at Monroe Missionary Baptist church, you know, 50 years ago, and you could shun your nose at what those people did, Mm. you know, and say, Oh, that was, that was silly. We wouldn't do anything like that. Or it was off. And it's like, yeah, but those people uh, love the Lord. Yeah. And God used them. People came to know the Lord, right? And we're here today able to have Monroe Mission Baptist Church because of those people then. Mm-hmm. And so you can't just push everything aside. Yeah. And not, they weren't perfect, mm-hmm. and we're not perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you keep going back farther and farther, mm-hmm. you know, 100 years, 200 years, 300 years, way back all the way to mm-hmm. Paul's time and how we, we can't just uh, belittle mm-hmm. the work that those people did. And we need to lean on that and understand they were – they were smart people, and it was important, and it's people that God used. And, and also thinking about the providence of God, God God had those people be born then for a reason. Yeah, exactly. I'm born now for a reason, mm-hmm. right? That It's not by accident. There's mm-hmm. a reason for the time and place that people are born where God, mm-hmm. I mean, just the passage you quoted in Proverbs, yeah. right? There's a purpose to these things mm-hmm. that are being done. And so Paul's kind of, yeah, helping these Gentiles, because really the Gentiles could have really disliked those Jew, Jewish people oh, because yeah. there was such hatred there before. Yeah, absolutely. But Paul's saying, no, we, we can't live that way. They were the first, you know, God came to them. Mm-hmm. And so we need to love them and care for them. And you mm-hmm. are grafted in. And Paul would say to the Jewish people, you need to love these Gentile brothers. He would say the exact same yeah, thing, right? Um, and so there's just this bond there that uh, the parallel that I see for us now is the bond mm-hmm. with historical yeah. Christians yeah. of the past who mm-hmm. we stand on their shoulders and, mm-hmm. and should be leaning on a lot. Yeah, it's and good. What Paul was saying there reminded me of actually something he said earlier in Romans chapter three in verse one and two. And he said, then what advantage has the Jew or what is the value of circumcision much in every way to begin with the Jews were entrusted with the oracles of God. Mm. Right. And so just mm. one, of, good. that's one of the ways that Gentiles in, in this situation were, indebted to the Jews. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's where they received the oracles of God. It's yeah. where everything was passed down from, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and it's, it's easy to be critical of the people that have come before us. Yeah. Um, but it's people will one day look back at us and probably be just as critical. Yeah. Right. <laughs> if we're not careful. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Exactly. That's good. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then um, just to conclude this point, uh, he says, therefore, when I've completed this and have delivered to them, what has been collected to them refers to the uh, Jerusalem church. I will leave for Spain by way of you. I know that when I come to you, I will come in the fullness of the blessings of Christ. And I kind of just recapped, you know, I said, basically, if you look at the, the full view of Paul's kind of narrative here, he writes this letter from Greece to the Christian churches in Rome. He then goes and begins this funding campaign in Greece with Macedonia and Achaia to take up this contribution to the poor. He then would would sail to Jerusalem and deliver that in hopes, and we'll talk about this in a minute, in hopes that they will receive it. After that, he will go to Rome and have some time to be refreshed. He uses that word to enjoy your presence, to be refreshed. And then from there, to be sent off to 
um, to Spain. And as some of the scholars I read said that in Paul, Paul's mind, most likely he never forgot when him and Barnabas were sent off years before this from Antioch and how special that would have been in Acts chapter 13. And so Paul, I think, is is maybe superimposing to some degree that, that the church in Rome would be like the church of Antioch in that they would send him off in his apostolic ministry, send him off to Spain and be his supporting church, kind of like Antioch was. So I think that's kind of neat, you know, because we don't, we don't forget those shaping moments, right? When the Lord really does something and, and calls us into ministry or, or, or calls us to a special service. And I think Paul is kind of reliving that, or at least to some degree, wanting that to be the, the experience that he would have from Rome. So I think that's kind of interesting. I didn't say that in my, in my sermon, just for the sake of time. I think that's an important but, point, though, Dave. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, if not just what is happening here in Romans chapter 15, but you referenced Acts chapter 13 mm-hmm. when he was sent off by Antioch, is that Paul did receive a special commission from God. I mean, mm-hmm. that's what you mentioned earlier, Tim. And that happened, you know, when, when God was talking to Ananias about, uh, you know, this guy, Paul, that's coming. Yeah. But he told him, you know, this guy has a special purpose mm-hmm. that I have. But Paul didn't actually start that ministry until he was sent off by a church, mm-hmm. you know, and he was confirmed in that sense. And yeah. that's that's an important reminder, too. I mean, just thinking about our role that you're not a missionary just like in a special sense. <laughs> I think like what Tim was referring to earlier, you're not a missionary in a special sense just because you think you are. Mm. There's a role for your church to play Absolutely. in that as well of recognizing you mm. as qualified mm. for what you're doing and playing an active part in sending you off. Mm-hmm. It's not, it wouldn't even be right. It's not right for a person to send themselves off, Yeah. but it's also not right for a church to send someone off and then just be hands off mm. with uh, no contact with them. No, mm. no care for them. No, no, um, uh, yeah, no follow up or anything like that. Mm. It's just a, a good picture of how, a person being sent off and a church should maintain that relationship and how that works, mm-hmm. that it's, it's a, uh, and that's how the church is really the one that's mm-hmm. pursuing the mission, mm-hmm. not necessarily just one person mm-hmm. by themselves. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. And I think that's, what's really important because Paul is, is very much saying missions matters because it is the body of Christ. The church is involved. Just like, you know, Pastor Tim mentioned about like, you can't baptize yourself. It's a part of, it's an ordinance that's part of the church and taking the Lord's Supper, same. And I think that's a really good point. So the last thing I, I mentioned was the the, the uh, third point, which is connection. So we had context, contribution, connection. And this is where the church, specifically in Rome, can be connected to Paul's missionary endeavor through prayer. And so verse 30, I appeal to you, brothers, by our Lord Jesus Christ, by the love of the Spirit, to strive together with me in your prayers to God on my behalf. That word, I appeal to you, um, parakaleo in Greek, he uses quite often whenever you see for this reason, or I beseech you, I think it's in the um, authorized version. It's in Romans chapter 12. I, you know, I beseech you, or I, I appeal to you. That's the word parakaleo. And it, it's a call to arms. It's a, and I mentioned this in my sermon. It's, it's basically, you know, similar to kind of the idea of gird up your loins. You be ready for action. Paul is calling them to, 
to uh, to join with him in prayer. In fact, this word to strive together, I mentioned this just kind of briefly, you know, um, it's the Greek word agonizomai, we get our word agonize, and actually he uses, I didn't say this because I didn't want to get too deep into this, but it's actually soon agonizomai, the, the little prefix soon means with or together with. So Paul is literally saying, would you together, would you strive or agonize with me together? And it comes out of the, the uh, Olympic games or the athletic language of the day, um, specifically as scholars mentioned, um, like gymnastics or wrestling. So you're striving, you're working your body, you're conditioning yourself to, to, to perform or, you know, to do well in your particular craft. And so Paul uses that language or that word picture to basically say, would you endeavor with me in prayer? Because prayer is a, it's a spiritual thing. And he understands that he's going into a lion's den. He's going into a, a difficult situation because he says, would you do this? Verse 31, that I may be delivered from the unbelievers in Judea and that my service for Jerusalem may be acceptable to the saints. So there's two obstacles there, right? One is the unbelievers, the zealots, the Pharisaical Sadducee party that knows Paul because he was one of them. He has spent many much time there and he kind of got groomed, if you will, there, and also it'd be acceptable to the saints because there's going to be suspicion. Wait a second. You're bringing this collection from the Gentile churches. You know, is this legit? Is this real? Now, do you guys know how long had it been before? I, I didn't, I didn't, I thought about this later, but how long had it been before that Paul had been in Jerusalem? Any, it, it seems like it may be quite a while because he had spent a lot of time in Asia Minor and do you know? No, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. It <clears throat> seems like a while though. Yeah. I mean, would it have been the Jerusalem council? That's what I wonder. Yeah. Yeah. The last time he was there. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Which Acts 15 was, had, mm. had some issues. <laughs> it was a hot time, right? With, uh, with the skepticism of, of the Gentile coming to Christ, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I think, I think that you're right. I think it has been a while. So there's going to be some fear there. There's going to be some uncertainty. And so Paul is pleading, you know, I'm appealing to you. I'm calling out to you. I'm summoning you to pray with me because of these particular obstacles. So that verse 32, by God's will, I may come to you with joy and be refreshed in your company. That word refresh is a really neat word. It's not often used in the New Testament, but it has the idea of like a husband and wife who are refreshed with them in the relationship, you know, together in comfort, you know, in that companionship. It also can refer to um, like affectionate refreshment of like just being together with your friends. And so he uses that. He's hoping to receive that kind of intimate refreshment from the church in Rome. And then he says, may, may the God of peace be with you all. Amen. So that's kind of how I, I walk through any, any thoughts or questions you guys have or observations that you want to bring to the table. I don't have any about the passage. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things that you said towards the end of your sermon about that refreshment yeah. and that idea with that, I just want to, um, what's I that guess, word? What's that word in re, the Greek? Re, re, oh. What's that? Did you say what that word was in the Greek? Uh, no, I can't oh, remember I the name. Okay. Yeah, but it basically means it, it has the idea of like a husband and wife right, yeah. yeah, being like refreshed and kind of companionship. So, mm. yeah, Sorry. I can't remember the na- word, but yeah. I just, I mean, I just want to, uh, in my own experience working with a missions organization, we would uh, organize trips. And yeah. 
one of the things we'd always do is ask the churches that we would be sending people to is what do you need? Yeah, exactly. Um, what What's something that you need? We wanted to make sure that this trip isn't for the purpose of the church who wants to go, but for the, the church they're going to, to mm-hmm. be served. And it was really surprising almost all the time. All they really wanted was people to fellowship with yeah. other believers, because a lot of the times they were in situations where there were no other Christians Mm -hmm. for them to have regular fellowship with Mm -hmm. just to spend time with. And they wanted that. Mm -hmm. And so there were some trips that we organized that there wasn't any work project there. There wasn't anything. There was no evangelism. There was no outreach. The Mm -hmm. sole purpose of the trip Mm -hmm. was to go and to spend time with a couple on the mission field that was beat down Mm -hmm. and discouraged Mm -hmm. and ready to give up. Mm -hmm. Um, and every single time we did that, the response was the same. Mm-hmm. The couple that was on the mission field felt like that was a shot of adrenaline for them and so helpful. Yeah. Um, I think that's a good point, Scott, because I've often thought about that. It's like we think maybe this is an American thing. I don't know. But we think that what is needed most is more work yeah. or like a shot in the arm for something that we can come and solve your issues. Yeah. yeah. Almost like I'm going to come to your church and I'm going to show you. <laughs> how much work we can do to help you out. You'll mm-hmm. be amazed by it. Mm-hmm. And that is so contrary to what scripture tells us a church family is. It's more about, I know we say this phrase and I, I don't necessarily like it either, but how we just, we just live, we just live life. Yeah. Right. And, and we do it together. We, we do it under the banner of the gospel and what God has done. And it's no different for the people in Africa or, or Europe or wherever they are. And, we have the luxury of having uh, Christians that we don't even go to church with who we might work with. Right. I mean, that's, it's not uncommon. And so it's, it, it, but over there in a lot of places, like you were saying, Scott, you have a church who they're really the only one for a a long ways, you know, and you Mm -hmm. have, you have some missionaries who've been trying to plan a church maybe in some city for three years and they've seen one or two converts. Mm -hmm. And so, when you go over there and you're like, you wanted me to do landscaping, you want me to build a building, you know, you want me to go and hand out tracks, you want me to, you know, what are we going to do, a VBS, let's go, let's get this done. And they're like, uh, no, none of that's going to work. Uh, none of that is what we need. Could you just hang out with us and love us, you know, exactly. <laughs> and show that you care for yeah, us. Yeah, exactly. But to us, when we hear something like that, it's like, wow. That's such a waste of a time. That's such a waste of time. It's such a waste of my money. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, my money to go over there. You want me to come over here and sit with you? Yeah, and do this. Mm -hmm. It's like, don't you want more? You know, and Mm -hmm. it's like, it's almost like we're the B12 shot that's going to get that church Mm -hmm. up and running and going. So true. And uh, we have to be, we have really have to be careful with that, Mm -hmm. uh, of thinking that we're the special sauce that's going to make it go. uh, When really... Fellowship is what is, is yep. needed and necessary. Yep. Um, I have a love-hate with missions, I guess, of, mm-hmm. of how it's done currently. Obviously, I think missions needs to be done, but um, there's a lot of sin that can creep in to mission mm-hmm. trips of why you're going. You know, mm-hmm. there's this appeal of a new land. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't want to say that that's necessarily wrong to have that thought. You know, like you guys are going to uh, over to the Middle East soon, Israel soon, and yeah. There's nothing wrong with the people going there to be like, I've always wanted to see Israel. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong wrong right. with that. But you you see where a, a sin can slowly creep mm-hmm. in up to 
why to why you're going, you know, or or you know the purpose there, your mentality again of, of what you're going to do when mm-hmm. you get there. Are you leaving the place better off? You know, was there? I don't know. You know, if you go to a place and really you just were a mental drain on the church there (laughs) and now you're going back and they're not no better for it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just, I don't know. I just, I worry sometimes of, are we doing things right? Yeah, Um, absolutely. And it comes from, you know, I've, I've been, I've been to the Philippines a couple of times, Guatemala, Panama. I've been to some different places uh, within the United States Mm -hmm. to do missions. And I'd like to think that we helped in a lot of places, but I just remember in the Philippines, it was kind of eye-opening because we thought we were going to go and do all this work. We were going to build a volleyball court that they wanted, you know, and we were going to help build a playground. And so that's what we went thinking we were going to do with some other stuff. And um, then we found out for like, you know, two bucks a day, we could pay people who would do a way better job than we would and feed their family. Mm-hmm. And that was more needed than us. Yeah. And the, but then we just ended up sitting there. Mm-hmm. watching people do work. And then we've kind of felt bad because like, oh, we're just being the lazy Americans or whatever. But um, we were being more helpful because yeah. we were getting money to people in mm-hmm. the community yep. to do work that they were skilled at and could do yeah. much faster than we could do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the church was able to build relationships with those workers, mm-hmm. you know, and, and a lot of better stuff I think happened in paying those, those mm-hmm. people, but that was hard for our team. Because mm-hmm. we thought we should be the ones doing this work, I don't, you know, it's just this mindset, yep, uh, in a, in a difference. And so, absolutely, um, you know, I I don't know, I I again, it's it's probably a personal and internal struggle. Um, I know missionaries will come, be like, I almost feel like they feel like they have to talk at the church to justify us giving them money or mm-hmm. something. And I'm always like, no, you know, we're yeah. not giving money so that you can come and give us updates all the right. time. We don't need that. And if right. our people think we need it. I think that's a problem, yeah. you know. Uh, it's good to hear what's going on, don't get me wrong, but, mm-hmm. you know, almost this thought of, like, we're paying you, so you should be here. Yeah, right. You, you know owe us, yeah. Mm-hmm. I've been seeing that a little bit. I don't know if you got this email. I meant to forward it to you, but we had some IMB missionaries come back, and um, I got an email saying, you know, there's they're going to go to some churches and share. You're a church that we thought maybe could would like that, da, da, da. I don't know, and part of me just felt sad, like, yeah. Don't go parade them around. Mm-hmm. If they're home, man, let them let them hang out with their families yeah. and go to their home church and be refreshed. Be refreshed. You know, <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't need them to come here to justify yeah. us giving to mm-hmm. Lottie Moon or whatever yeah. Annie Armstrong yeah. Easter offering. And I guess that's part of my internal struggle mm-hmm. with. But at the same time, I also know I'm not built the same way others are mm-hmm. of a personal touch, which is just nice and different things. So. Yeah. And, and that's how, and that, that's how I kind of concluded is I mentioned, you know, <laughs> I'm getting vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah. Good job, Tim. yeah. You don't really have that personal. Touch. No, I don't, I don't. That's no. okay. Yeah. Um, but I use that, you know, that cause Paul talks about that idea of being refreshed. And I said, you know, one of the things that we're the, the main reason we're going over to Israel it's not for sightseeing. It's not for, you know, because, you know, it's it's to be refreshing, to be a, an encouragement to our, our fellow brother in Christ, um, Pastor Kenny. And I don't and, have a problem with that. I want to make that clear right. because oh, yeah, I know. when I've went to these other countries, one of the one of the, one of the things I think that blessed those churches and people that we went to the most was them blessing us with like, 
come look at our country. Yes. All right. Come, come look at this in town. And we would, you know, we'd go yeah. see it. And then, and you could tell they're having more fun than us probably. Mm-hmm. And it was a new experience exactly. for us and it's fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm not saying there's anything no, wrong yeah, with absolutely. those, with those sort of things. Yeah. You know, I just, that sin can creep in to it where you, you're just sounding holy. Like oh, I'm going on a mission trip, yeah. but you know, in your heart, yeah. you're, you're going to travel, Yeah, you know? And I mean, I feel that too. It's just sure. same with, being a pastor, you yeah. could you that sin of wanting to be popular mm-hmm. instead of faithful. Mm-hmm. It's so easy to creep in, or or being a musician in mm-hmm. a church. You know, I just want to be on stage in the yeah. light. Uh, missions has that with it Absolutely. too, and you yeah. just got to be be careful. You do, yeah, with that. exactly. It can become Christian tourism. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And in the past, I know they've done at least in Israel, they did a lot of that, a lot of tourism and that's, we're intentionally not doing that. We're, you know, we're doing a little bit of that, but it's mostly, and that's why I've, I would, you know, I've talked with Pastor Kenny. It's like, what do you need? You know, work, how can we serve alongside? So anyway, but going back, you know, what you said, Scott, that was, and I shared this a little bit in my conclusion of my sermon is, you know, being, being church, a church planter, you know, raising support, being a missionary through the North American missionary, uh, the NAM North American mission board in Chicago, when, teams would come in the summer we'd have these teams we'd have i mean sometimes every week we'd have a team from the sbc church mostly from the south come and and work with us and we would do prayer walks and we would i would kind of give them a, a introduction to refugee ministry and a multicultural neighborhood and so forth and you know what did they really make a difference did they really like help change the dna of our neighborhood and no they really didn't, but it was super encouraging to me because they took us out, they paid for our meals, they gave us gifts sometimes, they prayed for us, the kids were excited about seeing what God's doing in the city, and it was really encouraging. And I always was like, it was a lot of work, but I always felt like, thank you, Lord, that was really good because you don't feel so alone. And I think a lot of missionaries feel very alone, they feel, and that's part of, I think, what Paul is saying here, and that's the, I think that's the biblical drive for the church is to be involved so that we can bring refreshment. And so that's how I concluded. So you guys nailed it. Thank you. That's good. Good stuff. I mean, if you think about it, you three are true missionaries. You guys are the faithful Southerners who've come to the heathen North to save the indigenous. <laughs> not Indians. me. He's not a Southerner. He's from Virginia. Well, I'm from the DC from area. Virginia. It's was it Virginia? They, yeah. Was it Virginia? It was Virginia. There, that's the South. I, I would like to South. South. Okay. That is the okay. South. It's, listen, listen. We call if East you Coast. ask most of the people from Kentucky <laughs> and Missouri, what they think of Washington, DC, you'll right. realize Washington, DC okay. is not part of. So you ask most yeah. people from DC. <laughs> yeah. I never thought of myself as a southern. (laughs) You two purebloods. Right, are coming to help us heathen pagan northerners. northerners. I'm glad you brought that up, and I appreciate your guys' faithfulness to that. We've tried to refresh the church (laughs) with um, southern charm. We are, you know, yeah. You were very refreshing yesterday to a lot of people with your joke. Of I haven't seen you since last year. That was so refreshing to many, I know. especially many, the youth. Many they people loved really appreciate that kind of a joke. And this, and I, we haven't done this podcast since last year. Yeah, um, it's very no. One of the things, real quick, before we wrap up, I think this whole conversation has reminded me of the close connection uh, between the doctrine of the communion of the saints mm. and uh, the gospel work, mm. because. Uh, the communion of the saints, the idea is, is that we share 
together. Communion has the idea of participating and sharing in each other's gifts and graces and material blessings and spiritual blessings. That's what Paul has been trying to say. The Jews and Gentiles, we have a communion of saints. Mm-hmm. And that that is, but that is expressed and lived out in the church, which is manifested in a local place. Um, and so uh, Paul consistently his missions work is is often refreshed and fueled and uh, inter it's inseparable mm. from the broader church communion yeah. of saints that's really important because sometimes too i think uh missions agencies while well-intentioned we forget the if you're actually a christian missionary you are the church's missionary yes you're That's not right. a mission agency's missionaries. Mm-hmm. They have no authority to send you. Mm-hmm. If you are, if you, if you're a missionary, which Paul was, he was sent out by a church. All of these things are interconnected to the communion of the saints, the local church, and um, and and the church does its work. Yeah, and uh, it's built in to what it is to be the God to have the gospel. The gospel mm-hmm. itself is the is the news that we're to run and tell mm-hmm. the world that God has won a victory. Mm-hmm over sin, death, hell, and the devil. Mm. And the the greatest missionary activity that happens is in local churches around the world mm-hmm. because that is where the mission, that's where the message is heralded. Yeah. And uh, in families and where we're past, we're, we're broadcasting and publishing and running to the world with what Christ has done. Mm-hmm. And so I guess this Good. conversation has just really reminded me of the inseparable connection between the church the communion of the saints around the world and all time, but we share together, but also that we all share in together also this commission mm-hmm. to take the gospel yep. uh, to the world. Yeah. I think it's something you said there. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to wrap up, but something you said there, Spencer, that's really important. I think, I mean, all of it was important, but that of course, yeah, of course, of course it was, it was, it was all important. It's important. <laughs> and you notice by the way, real quick, <laughs> geographically, Paul, Coming from, if you go from Jerusalem, he's from the south, going to minister to the north. So, mm-hmm. another example of me and you, Scott, where we are like, and we are to go like, back to the south, right. Spain. <laughs> I want you to go from Louisville and to, to the ends of the earth. <laughs> See, now most people in the south don't think Louisville's part of the south. But anyway, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Sorry, uh, but I was just going to say, you said that the greatest mission activity that's happening is in the local churches that are around the world, and that's absolutely true. Yeah, and I that's agree. why. A missions effort to a new place is got to be to a place that doesn't have a church where there's no established. I mean, missions work is not primarily go to this place, share the gospel, see people converted. Mm-hmm. The end goal should always be mm-hmm. there's an established church here mm-hmm. that's going to continue this work. Yeah. That's the goal yep. of, of in that sense. Right. And, and it's just that you don't want to, you don't want to, divorce mission work from the church yeah right and that's church work is mission saying. work exactly that's right. yeah mm-hmm. yeah and yep. so that was a very word point yeah word. awesome thanks guys that's all good. right well tim do you want to wrap us up because you're usually the voice that dave's apparently done i guess i i'm good <laughs> okay so <laughs> it's a wrap. tim yeah you're, you're gonna okay. close us out i guess you'll be the closer we'll go to the bullpen with right. your with your personal touch would you Wrap us up with that personal touch. You Your know. northern personal Any touch. Any other vulnerable things you need to say? I'm just still shocked that you told me Virginia's not in the south. Not Virginia. Well, not Virginia. I mean, George Washington. D.C. Thomas hey, Jefferson. Wait, Lee. But the D.C. is not the, part of Virginia. The D.C. metropolitan. I was only about 12 miles, 14 miles from 
the District of what Columbia, were you BC, in, in Northern Virginia. Virginia. Yes. Okay, but also Dave's family is from New York. Yeah, you my know family is from New York. He tells people where he's from. He says he's from D.C. Do you know what else is in Northern Virginia? Mount Vernon. Mm. Yes, that's Which true. The South. Well, yes. and Robert E. Lee's army was called the Army <laughs> of Northern Virginia. Yes, and he is the South. Yes, that was one hundred percent. I think a saying, long time ago. I think they technically call it Mid Atlantic. I'm not exactly sure how yeah, that the all, Upper South Virginia so, would be the Upper, upper South. South. So the upper but, South. Uh, yeah, like Missouri would. There were towns just about thirty minutes from me that people did have a little bit of a draw. Just saying, <laughs> they're South. Hey, there's thirty minutes can make a big difference. I'm telling you, the difference between Louisville and Bullitt County is about 30 minutes <laughs> okay. and it makes a big yeah. difference. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Anyway. Anyway. Well, so. appreciate you listening even though you're probably not anymore. Uh, we look forward to seeing you this coming Sunday. Uh, Scott will be preaching mm-hmm. this Sunday. I am. Yep. Oh. So we're, we're looking forward to that and then after Scott the next week will be a new sermon series that I can't say I'm looking forward to yet because I don't know what it is going to be. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> we we'll will be walking through 3rd Corinthians. <laughs> we will find out. <laughs> walking through something. <laughs> nope. Anyways. So, we look forward to seeing you uh, this coming Sunday. Until then, uh, God bless. Have a good week.